With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Winchester Radio tonight. Uh, we have an episode, a pretty cool episode to talk about tonight, fourth one of season 15, titled Atomic Monsters, uh, written by Davey Perez and directed by uh, Renaissance man Jensen Apples, <laughs> um, who, who did a great job. Um, I was sorry, I was just thinking of all the, the talents he has, why I called him a renaissance man, acting, directing, uh, music, singing, soccer playing, <laughs> beer brewing, you know, you name it. <laughs> he's got it going. Um, I think he's a, he turned in a very good director, and he did a good job on this episode. Um, I liked it a lot. I've been trying to decide if I liked it a lot because um, it it was it was just better than the first couple of episodes. <laughs> and what I have to compare it to in the bar for this season <laughs> um, makes it really good. And, um, um, or did I? like it because it's just actually that good <laughs> and there were a lot of good parts to it as usual I'm a I'm a big brothers fan so I was glad to see just Sam and Dean um, that made it really great for me that there weren't uh, any extra characters uh, regular characters I should clarify because we have guests of course that contributed to the monster of the week plot but I was glad to see it just focusing on Sam of Dean Sam and Dean <clears throat> that made it better already for me. Um, the question is, well, one of them, I can't figure out what atomic monsters are, why it's titled that. I mean, there's so many other things to talk about, but that's one thing I couldn't figure out. <laughs> um, so maybe you all know. <laughs> and, it's uh, a production company. What does it produce? Movies, TV, music? Like, why would why would this be called Atomic Monsters? Does it not relate? I'm I'm just genuinely confused. I'm not trying to be argumentative. Yeah, I'm having trouble with my audio. I'm gonna call back in. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, like you, Susan. I I have. I have no idea. I was trying to figure that out myself. I don't know how oh. the name relates to the episode. Um, if somebody does know, if Vinny knows when she calls back, maybe she could tell us. Yeah. She said it was a production company. I'm like, well, uh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> excuse me. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
yeah, up, up front I've been sick, and if I uh, suddenly disappear, it's because I'm in the midst of a coughing fit, and I'll be muting myself. Uh, sorry about that. But, um, yeah, I don't know how it relates, and I, honestly I'm not sure it merits that much discussion, but uh, um, if any calls back, and maybe she's got an idea. Um, anyway, we can go back and start talking about the episode. Oh, there she is. Let's find out. Hey, Vinny. Is that better? Hello? Okay. So, sorry if my audio is not going to be great. I can't find my regular headphones. Uh, so I'm just using the speaker. But Atomic Monsters is a horror movie production company. Oh, okay. So they do, do they like vampire movies? Uh, no, they do like the Annabelle franchise and stuff. Well, the Conjuring franchise. If I oh, remember correctly. Okay. Oh, okay. I like those movies. Okay, cool. I don't know how it relates to the episode, but cool. I think it's just a horror thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, there was. This was vampires. So, okay. Um, all right. Who knows? Maybe it's just a favorite thing of Davy Perez, the writer. That's all right. Again, I'm not sure it merits a lot of discussion. <laughs> it's just usually we can figure no, out. I don't, how I don't the think it was anything that was like. Yeah, I don't think it was anything that was like overly. I think it, they just thought it was clever, which it, I mean, it kind of is, I guess. It, they are yeah. cool words when you put them together. They're cool. Yeah, I want to talk about that, that opening cool. sequence though. The whole Let's red scene. I want to talk about that. <laughs> It was fabulous. Well, speaking of movies, it absolutely, and we know um, Jensen mentioned it, it references the John Wick uh, uh, movie franchise, which um, I have seen the first John Wick and part of the second, so I at least have a pretty good idea um, of what they're like. Have you all seen all three of them? Three, I think. I've not seen any of them, but I've heard of them. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that What? I'm sorry. Um, we're talking about the John Wick movies, and I asked um, oh. if you guys had seen them. I've seen the first uh, first one and the second part of the second one. I've only seen the first one. Okay. Um, you know, they're 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 batshit crazy. The second one is more batshit than the first one. Um, they're absolute. If you like, like a a good um, revenge, violence-filled tale full of guns and uh, bullets. You'll love them. Um, I I have a hard time with the first one because of uh, Keanu Reeves plays a former assassin and um, falls in love and leaves the assassin guild and um, marries this woman, falls in love, she gets sick and dies, and you find that out in the first 30 seconds, so it's not much of a spoiler. And um, then the day she dies, because she knew she was dying, she has a puppy sent to John Wick because she she feels like he needs something to love so he won't fall back into this terrible life. And I have a hard time getting past the part with the puppy. I don't want to spoil it too much. But it's the reason he goes back into the business, and it just goes from there. He does eventually end up with another dog, by the way, and they're just full of violence. And I think Jensen was just liking the 
the the the shootouts in them are absolute like balletic almost and 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 they're just relentless guns bullets knives fists uh, martial arts whatever and he did a great job with that opening sequence it was weird it was a shock it was creepy um i love the whole red light we got to see jensen still in his uh hiatus beard and different hair it wasn't too long but it was definitely different he had it looked like um the end outfit to me and since we end up seeing a version a version of samifer definitely sam back on drinking demon blood it it made sense um we have the return of a character from before benny ty olsen who i don't think was a vampire in that i think yeah yeah somebody i i just think he was somebody in dean's crew where they were attacking the bunker and trying to get to sam um and i mean it's just fun to see dean even more badass than usual and taking everybody out and then but of course the minute he runs into sam even even though it's it's an unapologetic sam for what he's done and what he's doing he's not sorry um to be back on demon demon blood he's still for me he's still the best version of lucifer that's not mark pellegrino he's cold and calm and calculating and even then dean still tries to appeal to him and he calls him sammy and he says sammy please and he's still trying to save him after everything and he doesn't and and uh sam ends up killing him breaking his neck and i, I actually just squeaked <laughs> when it when it happened and even though i you you know it's got to be a dream or a vision of sam's it's still just awful to see and poor sam wakes up and and he's freaked out as well and um i yeah i just thought it was great um what did you guys think it, it has to be an alternate universe, right? I think my I'm thinking that the bullet, the you know, the God gun when Sam got shot, um, whatever mm-hmm. it's doing to him, I think it's giving him visions of one of God's other universes, one of Chuck's alternate universes, because, like you said, Dean looked different. Um, Benny was not a vampire. Um, Sam is um, drinking demon blood again because you know. Dean does say it's not you, Sam. It's the demon blood. So he's drinking demon blood, mm-hmm. I, and mm-hmm. which was my all. I loved, loved, loved demon blood drinking Sam. I mean, those episodes mm. were uh, oh, they're my favorite. So I'm loving seeing this, but I don't think it's our Sam. I don't think it's a future vision that he's seeing. It has to be. I'm mm-hmm. guessing an alternate universe. How and mm-hmm. which makes me think you know he mentioned Dean mentions what you did to Bobby and Jody, which makes me think maybe we'll get original fall. Bobby back in one of these in one of these visions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking we'll, well probably we know see that Ruby he was again filming with filming Kim with, Rose. with uh, Kim Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he mentions all that, so yeah. could be, could be. So I'm thinking we'll maybe get we'll Jen and Ruby back. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I I think there's um, I, I I'm re- that's what I'm really thinking. I'm wondering if this how this show is going to end and with or even maybe before the end and it has a different ending. But and then with what we know, Becky read that Chuck wrote this ending that Becky read that she did not mm-hmm. she didn't like. That maybe it has mm-hmm. something to do with that with them going to the alternate verse or alternate Sam and Dean coming over here or, you know, and rec- bringing all hell with them. You know, I don't know, but mm-hmm. that's the feeling. That's the feeling I got. That's my theory right now. It'll probably change 20 minutes from now, but that's my theory right now. <laughs> well, we'll still be on the air so we can talk about it. <laughs> we can talk about your new theory. <laughs> what did you guys think? That it, I think it's whether or not it's, flash, it's it's part of the same flash we got from the first episode when right when mm-hmm. what's his face touched Sam's bullet wound. So it's the same. It's all part of the same sequence. So it's not necessarily a dream. It is something that's planting dreams or visions in Sam. But I do think it's an mm-hmm. it's more, like there's no. It's really odd that it's not a, a like a Lucifer thing. Like it's it's just season, it's a season four di- like diversion of of the narrative. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could say season no because and even you can't say season five because season five was Lucifer. This is just Demon Blood Sam. This is the Sam that was supposed mm-hmm. to exist. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of mm-hmm. like this was the Sam that we were supposed to get to stop Dean from going to hell. Because that was what Eric Kripke always said. His intention for Sam was for Sam to go full dark side to save Dean, and he didn't do it. This is basically what happens if you don't introduce season four. It's really not even a like. It's not even necessarily a, an AU of season four. It's as if season four didn't happen the way that we know it. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, yeah. It, you think like so for you think so it's an alternate me, universe thing? Yeah, it's definitely an alternate universe. My okay. interest is I don't think they'll do this, but really, this goes back to like Katie Cassidy's Ruby. This is almost like mm-hmm. what was supposed to happen with her Ruby and didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're like aware, like well enough aware of that. Plus, Katie's a little bit busy. You know what was being on another show and getting her own spinoff. No, but um, so she knows she might not be able to come back. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, to me, it's not even. Yeah. Like a, it is more of a like, if season four, if season, it's almost like if if the writer strike never happened, this is what would have happened. That's what it feels like more to me. Not yeah, so much yeah. like an AU. It's not to me. It's not an AU of anything we saw. It's an AU of what we didn't see. But I do think it's an AU. It's a. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. Dean isn't around to save Sam, and Sam goes too far. Now, what I'm curious a, about is what does that mean? Like. I'm curious if, if it means anything or if it's just a conscious thing for Sam to understand and for the brothers to understand, like, they have to stick together. Because I'm not entirely sure if it's the bullet wound doing something to Sam 
or if it's just that he ha- now has this connection with God to see the other stories. Mhm, mhm. I like that. Yeah. I wonder if the connection will get stronger and stronger and deeper and deeper. Will he get more and more visions and or the stories of the other AUs? Oh, I'm sure. It, I'm sure that's a mid-season climax. Will it work into beating God? Will it go? to the halfway season point or is this going to go all season long? Is this going to be? I was just, yeah, I was just talking about this with um, Clarissa actually earlier. And she was saying like, you know, end of season and I was like, I'll be very shocked if the God storyline is the season climax. Because I've never seen for, I've never seen under Andrew Dabb's tenure for them to maintain what you think the story is about mm-hmm. and maintain it through the end. It's always at like the three-quarter point like a whole new storyline comes out of nowhere and then at the like last episode and a half then another whole new story comes out of nowhere out of that. So I don't I, I'll be really, really surprised if, um, if mm-hmm. it continues through the whole season. I think it's going to be the, the mid-season climax. The bullet wound, at least. Mm-hmm. I really think the bullet wound will be part of, like, episode eight, episode nine, and I think the bullet wound itself will probably be resolved no later than episode ten. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that, that the halfway point? Yeah, that's the halfway point, or is ten when we come back? Is ten neither. when we come back in January, or is ten? No, ten's going to be this half. No. I'm sorry. Uh, the mid, the actual mid-season finale is going to supposed to be season episode eight, and then episode nine, oh. I believe, is when we come back. That's how it was last season. Oh, and I assume they're going to keep that same schedule. So last season it was eight and nine. Well, fooey. Well, fooey. <laughs> I wanted to see that soon. Um, well, that is well, it's sooner than ten. Well, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I wanted to wait a whole other. Um, I wanted to wait a whole episode. <laughs> Damn it! Um, no, it you know like what? I take, I take it back. <laughs> I'm wrong. I take, it, I take it back. I'm wrong. Last season it was nine and ten, but I'm pretty sure this season it's eight and nine. I think I read that somewhere. That it's eight and nine this season. All right. Um, so I'm gonna say, oh, there is a. There is a scene, I think it's in uh, Shaving People Punting Things, and there's a shot of Sam of her, Sam in the white suit. Yeah, yeah. So another AU, another vision. Um, some people were talking about how this this one that was in this episode, Sam, Sam was dreaming or having vision. It was like he was watching. He was he was like Dean's Dean's part of the story, and he was Dean's point watching. Of view. Dean's point yeah, of view. Yeah, that's why I think it's that's why I think it's less of a dream and more of a vision. But it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a. But you know, it's I don't know how to put it, but it's I don't want to say implanted because that sounds that just sounds weird. But yeah, implanted. But something that you know only comes like implanted yeah. subconsciously comes out nocturnally, but 
that's why I think it's more of a vision than a dream because he's mm. dreaming as if he's watching himself. He's watching himself through Dean, but he's also right. seeing the Dean part. So he really doesn't see any of his own parts. So he doesn't even know, like, yeah. his part he's, of the story. Yeah, exactly. That's, to me, that was, it was like, there. see, it's, it, he's not dreaming because when you dream, you don't see from other people's point of view. You see from your own point of view, so... Mm-hmm. And so I would imagine that. And of course, when you're sleeping, I was gonna say that might be what's scaring him the most—that he knows that that's mm-hmm. not a dream. Like a dream, you can just kind of like blow off, right? Um, and when you're asleep, you're inhibitions go down and maybe you know while he's awake he can he can push those flashes away or keep busy or something to keep them from leaking in or or however they're happening but of course when you go to sleep it's a completely different story and they're they're just coming out stronger i wonder if they'll start happening more when he's awake and getting getting stronger That'll be interesting. I think so. I think I, I think um, that goes back what what I was saying about the mid season. I think that's going to be mid season where it mm-hmm. starts. Like you can already kind of see really? he's being a little harsher about things, which is very like out of character for Sam. Like when they're talking at the where the girl Tori was to the parents where her body was found. Well, that mm-hmm. too. But when they're talking, where um, when he's just talking about everything's the end of the world to these people, and it's not the end of the world, and it's it's a very harsh way of speaking for Sam. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, it's interesting that it's Benny because Sam's never forgotten that Dean had Benny for a friend, and he says, and he says in the church and sacrifice, you know, you know, I'm, I'm. It'll be okay until you you pick a vampire over over me. You know who's your who's going to be next for you. You know I keep letting you down. Are you going to pick another vampire? So I don't think he's ever forgotten that. Even though Dean has over and over told him that nobody comes before him and proven it over and over. So it's interesting choice of Benny. Well, yeah. I narratively I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in that. Because it wasn't it wasn't Benny from the beginning. It was just Jensen wanted to do something cool. Right. It was so I'm not putting it wasn't narrative it wasn't Benny that. the vampire. It was just Benny. No, but it, it was wasn't Benny, it wasn't Ty you know? at all. Yeah, it wasn't Ty <laughs> at all. Jensen requested that they put Ty in that in that uh, role. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm not putting narrative stock in that because for one. You know, again, I, I think it's a vision, not really. So it's, I don't think it's Sam projecting in any way. But also, yeah. like, mm-hmm. never had to be Benny for that scene to work. Just Jensen thought it would be cool, and it, it was in terms, like, as a viewer, to see, like, that AU shift. It doesn't make any sense because Benny was a vampire way before uh, Sam would be, were, like, would have been fighting an apocalypse in any way. So it, it doesn't make sense. But yeah. So it's it's a cool back for the audience, and you know we know that Jensen likes working with Ty, and he really liked the the Benny, the purgatory storyline, and he 
enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, I mean, I wondered why Benny. Of, I wondered why Benny, because there, there is no reason it had to be Benny. It has nothing to do with there's vampire no or whatever. And I, 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 so, you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting to think that way. Of well, if Sam seeing it's, you know, it's Benny, and there's that whole issues, but it's, but it's not that Benny. <laughs> it's just Benny, an alternative Benny. So it's, it's I'm like it's okay, whatever. But it's. It could have been somebody else, you know, if they wanted to bring somebody back have in that fight scene and have it be interesting. And he didn't last that long. He came in and died. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, I suspect that I suspect that in the original script it was like a nobody extra character. There was no name, probably no name to the character, nothing. Mm-hmm. And Denton just thought it'd be nifty, but. Um, yeah, I think that's why also it's not a big role or anything because it, I don't think it was ever, I think it was just meant to be like soldiers in arms, dude number three. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, as a viewer, it's cool and you don't. I guess if you don't, if you're like just a casual viewer who doesn't read interviews or things like that, like we do, then you can kind of like build off of it. But, you know, unfortunately, as much as it's interesting for us to read interviews and for us to get that, since we get it not even just in real time, but before the episode even aired, we knew to expect somebody. We knew why they were coming, like that it was just a request to Jensen, that he just thought it would be cool, like yada, yada, yada. It's um, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a diminished. It's like, you know, giving not trusting your audience enough and giving them Becky in the previous leaves tells you that Becky's going to be in the episode. So when you see mm-hmm. Tommy Burgess, you're like, okay, like it's cool and all, but there's no. Because you don't trust your because they don't trust their audience enough when they're cutting together the previously the previously always spoils everything. So you get they gave us Benny and Becky in the previously and we were mm-hmm. all went oh, okay. So all the speculation that everyone was doing from the articles that Je- from the interview Jensen did about who's coming back, who's it going to be, who's it going to be, the minute we got the previously, everyone went oh it's Benny. Yeah, I want I wonder if kind of along the same vein. The actors who played the parents in this episode, they were also the parents back in season one in the Bugs episode. Um, they're obviously playing different characters, but it was the very exact same actors. So I wonder if, again, like Jensen wanted Ty, um, like maybe one of these actors came in, you know, for this, and they were like, oh, it'd be cool. I remember you. It'd be cool if we could get the actor who played your husband or wife, whichever one came in, you know, to, again in this episode. I wonder if. You know, that was like a Jensen choice uh, cast. You I know, think with casting. so. Just like he brought, um, he brought back uh, Nico for The Girl Next Door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think it's just something that I think, I think Jensen really likes Easter eggs like that, which when, because he is so familiar with the show, it's something he can do. So, you know, when he first, when he did The Girl Next Door, he was able to go, you know what? I, well, I, I was working with the kid who was Lucas. Can we bring in Nico again? 
and he didn't really have like a big role. I don't even think he had a named character. I think he was just like friend or something or whatever he was. But like I, I think Jensen enjoys things like that. So I and the act, um, the actress also the actress who played um, the principal in this episode. She was also in Appointment in Samara. Um, that episode, she was the nurse who got killed because Dean, as when he was playing death, would not kill the little girl, mm-hmm. and it caused she. So she was that nurse who got killed. So you know there were a lot of previous actors, you know, in this episode. And we also know that the Vancouver actor pool isn't. It's, right, it's, it's, it's bigger. It's bigger than the than the British yeah. acting pool, but not by much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like you see them; they go round and round. It was the same with the X Files. <laughs> so, nope, we see them a lot, but that's okay. Um, what did y'all think of the the scene right after the big fight scene? The Veggie bacon, which I don't understand. wasn't really. Uh, yeah. like, I don't want to. I don't want to play everyone else does. I just don't understand it though. There's a lot about it I don't understand. I don't understand since when Sam doesn't eat bacon at all to the point where he would spit it yeah, out. Since, the, like, Sam's not, always been a healthy eater, but he's never been a vegetarian. So I veggie bacon like like like, and I saw a lot of people saying this like since when is he vegan? Since when is he vegetarian? Like. I eat a lot of, uh, like, I love a steak. That's one of my favorite foods. But I also, like, my mom makes a version of beans where she uses soy chorizo and turkey bacon because my I have family members who don't eat pork and don't eat beef, and it's delicious. And I will sometimes pick that version over her regular version that has beef chorizo and pork sausage and pork bacon. So... Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's vegan or vegetarian. He just might want a healthy alternative because he is always telling me, like, we're, you're going to die of a heart attack. And I could see Sam be like, this is not how we're going out. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it's like, I think he makes it was vegetarian choices be... or healthy choices, but he's not that. I, well, that's the way I, I am. I, I, I don't eat red meat. Yeah, I jokingly said healthy, but, like, I, I, like, when I'm eating healthy, I eat keto. So I cut out carbs. I don't cut out meat. So I'm not somebody who believes that, like, meat is bad for you um, because carbs are what make me sick and carbs are what make me fat. Um, but I, that's not even the weird part for me. Like, the, the fact that he asked for veggie bacon and whatever, that's not weird. But what was weird was him actually spinning out the bacon. And what was weird to me was, <laughs> why does Sam have to ask permission for food? All of a sudden. Like, Sam goes to the grocery store, too. We've had episodes where Sam goes to the store. So why all of a sudden does he have to ask D for permission for food? Because Dean will not have that Sarah McLaughlin like, grass, no, whatever. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Sarah McLaughlin grass-eating <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, because it's the meat yeah. man's kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the whole thing that made me think he was vegetarian though was because he spit it out, and, and 
Yeah, you know, I got bacon. Yeah, so. Also, he could have. But, yeah, you know, whatever. People don't eat the same all, their, all the people. People don't eat the same all the time. He could have made a decision recently to eat that way. He could have. Who knows? I mean, as as usual, we don't get enough of an explanation. It's just all of a sudden well, Sam has to ask me to never buy said, food. Yeah. He and never said veggie bacon. He never said he was vegetarian. He never said he was vegan. He just said he doesn't eat bacon. Mm-hmm. Which it could just be that he doesn't eat bacon. Like, whatever. But that's, I just thought it was a very contrived way to make a joke. The whole thing was a super contrived yeah. way make a joke that we didn't it didn't have to be done that way like we already Agreed. had like that like we've had the healthy fam jokes before like with the solid shaker and that didn't feel awkward it didn't feel forced this felt like it was just because we needed to make the meat man joke we have to make a meat joke I don't know. It was strange. You've talked about that before, that sometimes there's a joke and they have to write to make the joke work. So it doesn't yeah, make my sense. Yeah, it's my <laughs> ultimate pet peeve. And what I think what bothers me the most is that things like that become things that people will say you they love. And I'm like, why do you love it, though? Like, it was okay, but why does that – like, they'll be like, I love that episode because they did this. I'm like, you love the whole episode for one bad joke? Okay. All right. Like, I guess that's yeah. being judgy, but – you know, I judge. That's what I do. So, like, I think it's, <laughs> I, I like the scene. It's funny to watch Jared and Jensen play that out. It's not genuinely a well-written or funny joke or scene. It's just fun to watch Jared and Jensen do it. Which is why, like, I like the like, scene because they, they love Yellow Fever. They'll say, I love Yellow Fever because I love Eye of the Tiger. That's not part of the episode. So, no, you don't love Yellow mm. Fever. You like that one outtake of Jensen. I like that outtake, and I, I don't care for Yellow Fever. So. I don't, my thing with Yellow Fever, and Eileen and I have talked, Eileen and I have talked about it, that's not a funny episode. I, I can't sound people say it's a funny episode. It's not. It's awful. It's so depressing. It's, it's so an awful dark. Episode. It's awful. It's, it's, it's a horrible funny. episode. It's dark. And they make fun, and it's not funny in the least. How, how it's not humorous. It's ah. Anyway, mystery the spot. Poor, yeah. mystery spot is traumatic. It's not funny. No. Yeah, yeah. Yellow fever. <laughs> I remember our pod, our podcast for that. This was um, back before Vinny was with us. But it, all we did was talk about how horrible it was that they dragged that poor guy again. It's, it was <laughs> disgusting. It, oh, it was yeah. Oh, hated it, and then they. It, uh, oh no, and yeah, I didn't think it was funny at all. And mystery spot is not funny, though it has slight moments. Of it has funny humor. moments, but like, like I always, I always say, the best but it's horror not a movie, comedic episode. No, the best horror movies have an alleviation of humor. It's if if you wrote a good horror movie, there's funny moments. That does not make your horror movie a comedy. No. And Mystery Spot is not a comedic episode, not at all. It's dark and sad and awful and tragic. But it is not a comedy. 
but that's my that's my semi annual rant about yellow fever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't like it either. Um, this, but this scene with the bacon in it, I I like I like the scene because Dean's worried about Sam. He can tell things aren't right, and he's he's caring about Sam. I say, I, I you know it's brother stuff. I like it. I enjoy it. And and I liked him trying to talk to Sam and getting Sam to talk to him and talking about Rowena and he's still having a hard time and then Dean does you know what he thinks will cheer them up and gets them a case a regular case and Sam tries to get out of it and say oh you know you could do this on your own and it's like you know it goes back to first season he says I can do it by myself just don't want to and he says oh no you and me which you know only on Supernatural will going off to hunt down a monster be a cheery, uh, a cheery thought. But oh, look, there's a dead girl! And Yay, let's go! It'll make you feel better. Yeah, <laughs> let's go find out. Yeah, it's a, it's a dead girl. Said so they tore up. There's lots of blood. You'll love it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is what they do. But, yeah. was, that was basically the beginning of of mint condition last season. Mhm. Yep. Sam found a case and he thought, so, but I like that. cool. And let's go. Yep. And I like that aspect of that scene about the bacon. And yeah, I like the theory of the bacon scene. I like the I like Jared and Jensen thing. I just think that there's. I mean, again, it's that those who can do and those who can't teach. So. But I think that there was a better way that could have been written to make the same joke. You could have made the same joke, but written it more cohesively and coherently, which is almost that's. I and I enjoyed this episode, and I actually enjoyed it more the second time than the first time. But I do feel like it was very a very disjointed episode. I felt like plot A and plot B were jarring to go back and forth between because plot A with the with the high school I thought that was really good. That was really, really good. There was like like a good horror or or spent it had the moment where you think you know and then the moment where you think you know again and then the reveal where the reveal mm-hmm. was like, Oh damn, that was so good and I miss mm-hmm. when they showed that. And I miss the boys being wrong without being dumb. They weren't dumb. They were just wrong. And it's mm-hmm. a very, you know, it's the same thing that happened, like, it used to happen with with Supernatural. It's the same thing that always happened in, like, Law and Order, SVU, where they, like, think they know who the perp is, and then they're like, oh, no, it was him. Like, they always bring the wrong guy in first. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the standard formula for SVU. And I like and that. And I like that you could see it dawning on Sam. When yes. they're all in the same in the in the living room, and you could see him looking and going, "No, you know, it's 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 Billy, it's you," and you could just see the light going. I thought that was that was just great, and I was totally like, "Yeah, it's the dad." <laughs> well, no, like, I, oh, like, no, I, it I isn't. And I was like, "Oh, I, I was so excited that we were going to get like old-fashioned serial killers." I was like, "Oh, are we going back to like humans are the worst?" Which yes, technically humans were the worst. 
because the parents were the ones being really care like really truly evil about it out of protection mm-hmm. but they were wrong like the son didn't have like he had no control over what happened to him and he didn't need to do what he did mm-hmm. but the parents were the ones who concocted an entire plan to save him and it was really twisted and disturbing and it's you know it's always that thing that I find fascinating that folia do where it's like it's one thing for you to be like completely twisted and and evil and homicidal, but how did you get somebody else to be that way with you? Like, how do you confidently pull someone into your level of crazy and them go along with it? Like, there's so much trust that involves in that, and I, that's something I always find fascinating. So I found the parents really kind of cool in that way, not in a, like, I think you're cool, I want to be you, but, like, you know, from a writer's point of view, like, I thought that was well-constructed. But mm-hmm. I thought that whole storyline was well-constructed, and I don't think that the Chuck and Becky scenes were bad. They weren't. I just felt like these two storylines should not have been in the same episode because cutting them together mm-hmm. – was very jarring to me because tonally they were very, very different. I think some of the Chuck and Becky scenes they were they were too long. Like, like I I found myself going, let's go back to the monster storyline. I mean, I I get it. I know what you're trying to say. I know what's happening, but you're spending too much time in Becky's living oh, room. I, you know, let's. I, hmm? I agree. There was a point with both of them, with like two, both of the big scenes with them, where you kind of went, mm-hmm. "Okay, don't care anymore." Yeah, I was rewatching it, and I I wandered off during both of those again. Like I I heard some, but then I was just I went off like, "Oh, let me see what's happening on Twitter," you know. Oh, let me check this and whatever. So, yeah, I. But the but the whole monster storyline, I never left. And I don't think it's just because it was only Sam and Dean part of it, but it was just more interesting. And like you said, it was like reveal on top of a misdirect on top of a reveal on top of a misdirect, you know, and, and everything. And, and the parents like, and I love how the parents, you got a hint of what they were like, at the beginning when they were like, can't we just change the memorial service? You know, Billy has a scout coming, you know? <laughs> so you got the idea that they'd do any for, anything for their kid and they didn't really care about any other kids. And then you found out how much they really did not care about other kids when they kidnapped this, like, poor girl to make her, like, a meal for their kid. And it, Jesus, like one of his friends, you know, not – not even just like a stranger. They kidnapped his other friend. <laughs> um, and I also thought it was the other girl, Veronica, at first, thinking, oh, I'm getting the other cheerleaders out of the way so I can take over. <laughs> you know, but no. So. And they were, they were smart twists. Um, and Eileen just pointed out on Twitter that that was the other part that was jarring, too, that the, the Chuck and Becky scenes was so bright and suburban and like she said like changing channels and kind of that artificial look that again it really would have worked if the if the a storyline and the b storyline just weren't so disjointed from each other because normally 
when we get two storylines like that, when you're got when you've got like you know primary and secondary, the secondary isn't isn't so disconnected. So even though like yes, the Chuck storyline does play into what's going on with the brothers, and even like this, the this episode was shot first. And it's clearly in the script, and they made sure to have Chuck, you know, acknowledge the the the, the bullet wound. So it does tie in. It just it tonally it just didn't it it didn't feel cohesive to me. Let me tell you what I did not like the most about the Chuck and Becky thing. Um, well, first mm-hmm. of all, I was glad to see Becky. Uh, we haven't seen her since season seven time for a wedding, and I was glad that she's finally come to her senses. Um, so, yay. And, you know, she's Becky, so of course I have to love her. Um, <laughs> but the the thing that bugged me the most was all of the supernatural memorabilia that she had. Because as we have been told previously on this show, the supernatural books were in clearance bins, you know, they had a small following, um, but they, you know, weren't that popular. Uh, you know, they had that very small convention, but really I don't mm-hmm. think that it would have been enough to for Funko to have made pops of the actual Sam and Dean well, from the book. And, 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 and look at it that way. Okay, Sam and Dean themselves would know. Wouldn't they know that there's all this merchandise? based off of them out there in the world. And, you know, they would have had to have run into it, I would think, at some point, seeing little toy figures of themselves in stores and little car replicas of the Impala and, you know, all this. Uh, that's what bugged me. I personally own many of those items that they showed, but that's because <laughs> I'm watching a TV show. Uh, um, you know, Becky lives in the actual world that Sam and Dean actually live in, so I didn't, you know, I didn't like that there was all this official merchandise out there. Now, if it was supposed to have all been because she had an Etsy store. So if all of that stuff was actually supposed to be stuff that she made or maybe she made custom pops, maybe those were customs she was supposed to have made based off of other pop figures, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I could deal with that. But if it was supposed to be official merchandise, ah, I didn't like uh, No, that's not, no, I didn't like that. So I agree with you. I really would have rather it have been um, unofficial merch versus the Funkos. I think the, I think using the Funkos that they this is the second time they use Funkos in the show, and I think it's such a a cheap gag. I didn't like when they did it with Crowley, and I don't like it now. Um, but I will say that in terms of like the convention and everything, like it is a matter of like art imitating life because. You and I both know, you know, we went to the first convention, and it was, first of all, Supernatural didn't even get to be its own convention. It had to share with two other shows. And at the time, there was no merchandise. Like, there was hardly anything you could buy. The show was, like, always, like, you know, we spent how long? Literally until Mark Pedowitz took over the CW with Don Ostrup just itching to cancel the show. And we didn't have a lot of official merch until Pedowitz came along. 
So that didn't strike me as weird in that in that instance. I just I personally don't like it, but it doesn't strike me as like canonically weird. I just don't like it. I would have really liked it to not have been so saturated with uh, official merchandise because I just think it's cheap and dumb. Like yeah, just but her own stuff that she made would have been fine. It was really yeah, cool. Like the, I mean, those, yeah. her, those, her her stuff. She calls them maquettes. Cool, They're not maquettes. They're more like dioramas or sculptures on their own. Yeah, but said, they were amazing. But those were super cool, and like the poster was really cool. And but like I want all the dioramas, and I'm like I'm not I'm not a collectory type of person like that. Like I have a few pop figures, uh, but I'm not like. I don't have the room for them. I basically don't have space for them. So like, I don't buy a whole lot of things like that. I don't have a way to display them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a few, mostly gifts. And those are the ones I display because they're unique. Like they're not even all supernatural. Most of them aren't actually. Um, and the like two supernatural ones I have are customs. So I think, yeah, it would have been, it would have been really cool for her to have customs. Especially like we have people like like Lisa Rourke who does amazing customs. I would have loved for them to have like gotten in touch with her and had her do a, a few customs for the show. That would have been really cool um, because her customs are flawless. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess it was to show like she's such a fan girl, but like we don't need that from Becky. We're aware. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, you know, the dioramas were the best. Whereas, so. Yeah, I want that. I want Bobby's Garage and I want Harvell's Roadhouse. I want those two. Yeah, I, I want those, Jerry Wanick or whoever created those for the show. Send them to me, please. I'm Becky. I need those. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and they had a motel, and I'd love to see inside them. Like, I wonder if they're finished inside. And it was and it out. was the motel from they were Changing amazing. Channels too. It was the uh, motel from Changing Channels. They were just wonderful. Too, which I thought was cool. Yeah, and the the quilt. I mean, the quilt that um, Steph Arachnobite on who did Jensen's. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Costume, Red Hood, and Batman. She made the quilt that's up on the wall, and I guess some of the other things also. And she did a beautiful job. It's not my; it would not be my choice for that quilt, but it, I thought it was beautiful. She does beautiful oh. work. I feel like the tote bags. I Suzanne. I didn't like the quilt. I thought that I, I really didn't like the quilt at all. Sorry. I, uh, you know, sorry I, I said I. You know what? She does. She does beautiful work. Just in general, she does beautiful work. It's not my it's not my thing. This particular pattern. I liked the tote bag that had the Impala on it up up on the right. It had um, uh, saving people hunting things, and it had the Impala on it. It's like I like that tote bag. <laughs> if I can't get a diorama, I would like that tote bag. Um, and the chest set that was yeah. on the table that was Sandra's. Yeah, Sand Pal nineteen. Yeah, that was um, pretty cool. That was one that that wasn't the original one that she gave to Jared back a million years ago at Icon. Um, this was one that she had made for Jensen, so it was Jensen's chess set. Right. That's very cool. That was very cool. I saw that. Um, now I have a question, and maybe I'm crazy, but did you feel that the whole 
Becky's scenario was real? Did, did yeah. like Chuck conjure it up to sort of get himself out of that I, funk to have somebody to bounce think, things off of because, or part of it because he, you know, he he snaps everybody out of existence at the end, and so did they exist in the first place? I kind of had that thought when I was watching it, like, you know, I'm, that I'm hadn't right occurred to says, me. Ugh. That hadn't occurred to me because I would think that. He would have, if he was conjuring himself, he wouldn't have had her so antagonistic in the beginning. Or even throughout it. Like, she was not welcoming to him at any point, which is what he wanted. He wanted someone, I mean, she literally calls him out on wanting a fluffer. And I feel like if... Which, by the way, Becky, mm -hmm. that word you mean does does not mean what you think it means, Okay. I I don't know. I think she may have. I think she meant oh, I it. I think she, she knew the meaning. I think that works very very deliberately. I I really think she meant that that that, mm-hmm. I that deliberately. Which well, that's and, what I thought at first, but then she says, "You know, I'm not going to help your ego." I'm like, "Okay, that's not what it means, Becky." But of course, well, like, you know, standards and practices. You know, we do refer to, when it comes to men. We do refer to that as their ego, and it is what a lot of hinges well, on. Well, that's true, and too. I keep, I keep making tiny penis jokes about the writing staff, so. I can't hide I totally the fact that I, I say it publicly on Twitter, so I'd be like, I'm not going to hide the fact that I say that. But I, I really <laughs> didn't think that, I really thought she meant exactly what she meant. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it never occurred to me either that she didn't exist. I think she and her family actually really did. And I thought, I, 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 if it comes out that they didn't, I'll be disappointed because I really liked um, showing that Becky had grown and matured, and you know mm-hmm. she was still a supernatural fangirl, yeah. but she well, had her own life too, which you know mm-hmm. as. We all we are all supernatural fangirls, and we all do have our own lives. And also, I thought it was neat that Becky's husband's name was Rod, and my husband's name is Russ. So you know, very kind of similar names. I, I like that. Um, but yeah, I think she and I. I'm glad that they made a point of Chuck saying that they're not dead; they're just not there. So I'm yeah. hoping that means Becky and her family are together in some other alternate world. You know, I just hope they're together. Well, and I, I just, don't want her to have a... To me, I, I don't want her to have a sad ending. He, if you're going to conjure something like that, that... Huh? Does he have enough power? He has Did Mara say your powers are diminished? And... He's trapped on Earth, but they haven't indicated that he doesn't have powers, just that he's trapped. Yeah, but didn't I think Amara just, say his powers diminished. Did I think he just that? can't leave here. Yeah, I think by that, I, I think from you know, like Castiel, his powers change. <laughs> right, <laughs> they come sleep. and go. Yeah, um, I guess. So, so he's he's trapped here. His whatever the gunshot wound has made him not able to go to other worlds as he used to before. But I think he still is able to do things. He's God, you know, just one bullet wound with that gun, I don't think is going to 
take everything away. Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, we you know we did see hints of his, you know, being evil in the past, but he that he just was mm-hmm. pure out evil in this episode. Yeah, he did. I thought Rob Benedict did a good job. I mean, sometimes he's, you know, he just goes from being sort of schlubby and, you know, dorky and chasing after Becky, and then he goes like full on malevolent. You know, like you said, evil at one point. So I, I, he, I think he did a good job. Um, do you think he, and, when he says yeah. he wrote the end? Go ahead. I was going to say, I think I thought it was neat because he's always, you know, you always think of Rob Benedict and you always think of Chuck as this little cute guy, little cute nerdy guy. But then, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. boom. It's like, oh, no, he's pretty creepy. He's pretty scary. I don't know if I like this. So I thought that he did yeah. a really great job with, with that. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Do you think what they're talking and what Becky talked about as as Chuck writing the end is has actually any kind of real bearing on the actual end because supposedly the end to Supernatural is decided. I don't know if it's written, but it's decided and what's going to happen. And do you think that the well, cover of the book with one tombstone that says Winchester, do you think any of that is real? Is it all just smoke and mirrors? Are we going to be able to look and go, oh, yeah, well, they told us. They they warned us. Um, Becky well, says it's here, horrible. Here. It's horrible what, what he does to Sam, what he does to Dean. What do you think? Well, when he first sat down and started typing his first draft, the one that Becky ripped to shreds, at, my, at first I thought we were <laughs> going to see that what he was typing was actually what was going on with Sam and Dean in their scenes. Yeah, oh, yeah, I thought oh, yeah. we were yeah. going to see yeah. see that um, that he was typing mm-hmm. and making changes to them, but then it didn't. Um, apparently, what he first wrote was lame, and if Becky wouldn't have given him those notes he requested, we might not have such a scary ending to look forward to. Um, you yeah. know, not saying I'm looking forward to it, but you know what I mean. And I mm-hmm. do, I really think that that is probably what they were saying is. Probably because everything in this, everything Chuck said, I'm the writer. You know, he's been slowly giving digs as a writer to fans, you know, all season long. And so I I really think that that is probably, that's the plan. Whatever he typed up there, that's what they're going for. Whether, so I I don't know if we're going to have him having that, you know, that's, God's plan, that's Chuck's plan, that's Andrew Dabb and the writer's plan, and whether Sam and Dean are able to fight against it. And, and I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess we'll have to see, but that's that's what yeah. I think. Yeah. And Dean says, you know, I, he feels free. I feel sorry for him because he's so not free. Chuck is still around and still trying to be manipulative. But yeah, I... And and Chuck says at the end, you know, I'm. Um, you think he say I'm I'm God? No, he says I'm the writer. And I don't know. I'm 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 tired of that, and I'm tired of them poking fun at fanfic and fan writers because there are some fan writers that are a, a million times better than pro writers out there. There are pro writers who started as fanfic writers, 
and mm-hmm. and I'm glad Becky, you know, s- stood up and said that. You know, I'm still a writer. You know, and 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 she is. My issue with all that is also it it doesn't figure out what you're trying to tell me because on one hand you're telling me to respect the fandom and respect the fanfic writers and to respect the ones buying your merchandise and all this and then you flip it and show utter disrespect and, and contempt and I don't understand what you're trying to say and I don't think they understand what they're trying to say I think again it is going back to I need to make a little funny point. I need to like make sure I tie it all together, and this is the route I'm going to go, and I don't require coherency for it. And I keep, I keep saying this, and I don't, I don't feel that Davy Fettis wrote those scenes because they feel exactly like every scene Andrew Dabb has done in the same vein. You know, uh, mm-hmm. in season in season, what was it nine, ten? I just I knew earlier, and now I forgot. Um, when they, you know, he has Sam and Dean make fun of that fandom avatar, and it's it's something that he seems very adamant about doing, which I think is very peculiar coming from someone like him, who is clearly a fanboy himself of things. Mm-hmm. I find his bitterness towards fandom very strange, and I don't know if it's because he operates in a fandom that's primarily female, and that's his issue. I don't know. I mean, I'm not his therapist, but I, I do find it very strange overall, and I don't, I really don't think that those were those scenes were Davies. I really don't, because they just felt exactly like the way Andrew writes. And it explains so why I, I wandered do, off during them. <laughs> and and I during do, the other things. I do wonder what the I don't understand what the point is. I don't understand what the point of constantly telling us that we're important but we're also nobody. I don't I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Because you don't need yeah. to bring fandom into it at all, and it goes back to my issue with like the 200th episode. It's the uh, it's this idea they have that everybody who watches the show is also part of fandom, and they're not. You have a general audience who is not a part of fandom. The majority of people watching your show are not in fandom. Stop writing for fandom. Stop talking to us so directly. Under under Eric and Sarah, the meta was not so heavy-handed. It was not so deliberate to fandom. It had layers, and it was more about meta, about television in general. And, you know, like, even with the books, like, you know, Eric chose to go the route of having supernatural books, which are not unusual because you have, you know, going back to Star Wars books and things like that. It wasn't odd. It wasn't specific. And he, instead of making it a show, he made it a book. And, you know, I just, I don't understand the contempt. Yeah, I don't either. 
I don't understand. It's, I don't it's understand being so angry with people who are essentially making sure that you have a job, but also, you know, you, know, you I, have to understand that. Like, this is the only show that I'm currently in a fandom for. So if I was watching, like, I just recently watched all of Sherlock. I was not in that fandom. I'm not in that fandom. I don't care about the fandom aspects. So if they were writing episodes for fandom in Sherlock, I'd be thoroughly confused. So even though that's a show that had a big fandom, it has a general audience. You know, it, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't either. I actually made it made in my notes. I said, why, why is, why is Andrew Dabb so angry at people who have basically written his paycheck for years? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's a know, very bizarre I resistance just, to, to be angry at the people. It's like, who, why? <laughs> to be angry at the people who care about what you do and mm, partially made sure you had a job or, and not only that, that, gave him the leeway to write characters that because I I firmly believe that without fandom and without the convention most of the characters that we see come back over and over would not have come back over and over. They wouldn't have. It's the conventions that gave the writers the I can't even think of the word um Oh, my medication's kicking in again. Not the comfort, but the uh, whatever. It, it Security. Made back a character, huh? Security. Sure, we'll comfort. use that. Not what I want, but that, that works <laughs> okay. too. Um, no, I don't. I, I really don't know the word. I'm, uh, but I'm sorry. Them, I tried. Say, <laughs> it gave them the ability to say, like, oh, we can bring back. Gabriel, I don't think that if their fandoms didn't exist and Robin Rich weren't, you know, the MCs of all the conventions, that they would have even brought that Chuck, let alone Gabriel. Mm-hmm. I don't think, yeah, I don't think we would see. I don't think the Wayward Sisters attempt would have happened. I don't think those things would occur, and it goes to show that your fan, your fandom is not your fan base. But that said. It gave them the ability to try and do these things and to find a fallback in bringing back the same characters over and over. And yet, there's such a current of resentment for us when we don't make money off of it. We don't, you know, we're not bothering you. Mm-hmm. And if you do feel like you're bothered, you know, you have the option to turn your Twitter off. Yeah. So there's but there's way too much fandom show crossover. It used to be much more separate like what you what you did in fandom and the reality of say maybe getting to go to a convention and maybe getting to meet an actor or getting to know a, a writer or whatever, there's the lines are so blurred and they're at a point where many fans feel in so entitled to get what they want or why 
why doesn't the showrunner or the writer, you know, change their entire character character and story premise to make it the way I want it and what I see in your show? And and there's that aspect of supernatural, but I'm thinking of a actually a completely different show and a different pairing. And and I actually saw um, someone on my Facebook get enraged at another showrunner that how dare he not make the, these two lead characters that are partners in a in a legal agency, I'll say. Um, how dare he not just go all the way with them and make them a couple? And I'm like, because it's not your show, <laughs> you know? And enjoy your fanfic and your fan art, but just let this guy run his own show. And she 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 bullied him so much that he blocked her on on Twitter. And let me tell you, he's a real easygoing, fanish kind of showrunner. So he she must have made him angry. But I think that's a big issue these these days. So it, you know, and then maybe some of them let it in too much. And like you said, if you don't want to know, don't go on Twitter. It's like you often mention Brad and and Eugenie, who aren't on social media. So they get to write whatever. I mean, I don't always like it or agree with it, but I don't think they're influenced by that. I know. And I, I think, I don't know. I, I, I think it's interesting to do, to know that you have, and I don't just mean particularly supernatural, but in general, to know that a fan base doesn't is not a homogenous thing and to still use the term the fans, the fans, the fans. I, I find that just, uh, I find it lazy. Bottom line, it's lazy. And I, I resent having a final season of, of a show that's gone on for this long be cheap, lazy, and spiteful. I, I, I find it so insulting. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get why. On a com- I really don't. <laughs> but anyway, we have yeah, strayed far from comic monsters. Say, on a <laughs> on a completely different tangent, um, I was going to say I really like the use of Jensen's song in this episode. I the radio mm-hmm. company song, his and Steve Carlson's, and I, it, it was so it was really moody, and it it fit the scene so really well. I, I I had I had heard this song before. I hadn't bought it yet, and but I had heard it once or twice before, and I and I liked it, but I wasn't like you know, like ooh, this is my favorite song until it like hit that scene, and then now that's like all been in my head all day long. Because I love the moodiness mm-hmm. of the song fitting the moodiness of the scene. And then also during that scene while the music's playing when you ha when they show the boy down on his knees as Dean's getting ready to chop off his head, I mm-hmm. love how it's kind of in slow motion. And um mm-hmm. Sam, you see you I love that that's one consistency with Sam that we've always seen that he never likes to watch when Dean's killing something or somebody, he always turns his head and he slowly turns his head to the right as Dean's getting ready, you know, going out to chop the mm-hmm. kid's head off. It, it was just, 
such mm-hmm. a beautiful, moody scene. If you can say beautiful over somebody chopping somebody else's head off, but yeah. it's just really it dark beautiful. and moody and, and yeah, it, it just, I agree I with think, you. It was beautifully shot. Jensen's and directing the music was perfect. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jensen's directing for this whole episode, but especially during that scene, I thought was top notch. And you, when you think about it, you know. Here's um, Dean Winchester, played by De- played by Jensen Ackles, being directed by Jensen Ackles with music by Jensen Ackles playing over the scene. Yeah. You know, it does. Yeah, you know, it seems fan. a little narcissistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, but it seems a little narcissistic <laughs> when you think about it. But if you're Jensen Ackles, you can do it because he hit everything out of the ballpark, and it was just a fantastic episode. And that scene in particular was just awesome. It, it was beautiful, and it made me think of, you know, last week, Sam had to kill Rowena. This week, Dean had to take care of the monster. There was, you know, there was no way that Sam was going to do it or Dean would let him let him do it. And and I, I, I rewatching again, it just, it broke my heart all over again because they, they do have a crap job. They do. And, you know, they take the weight so other people can be happy. And it just it just made me sad, and their whole talk in the car at the very end, um, it just it was painful. I mean, the way Sam talked about how sometimes it was so overwhelming that he can't breathe, and Dean talking about how you know they do it for Jack and for Mom and Rowena. He says everybody you know whoever believed in us. Um, that's the reason we keep putting one foot in front of the other. And it, I don't know, it just, it, it's, I've always known that that's always what they do, but it just, it just got me during that scene that how much, just how difficult their life is, how difficult it is and how it, they just made me sad. And it was hard to hear Sam. And I was glad that he was talking to Dean I was glad that he was telling him, how he felt when he said, I still think of Jessica. I was like, oh, my God, that's that. 15 years ago. It was beautiful. Yeah, I loved it. Like you said, how, I how love that Jessica so tragic can be so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And and I know what he means. He says, you know, it's like, it's not that he can't let it go, but that loss is still a part of him. It's still there. You know, you have that loss and you move on, but it, it, it colors everything about you you know it doesn't control you but it colors your your life and how you think and feel and think how many people they have lost between the two of them so yeah I thought it was gorgeous it reminded it reminded me a lot from what you how you were talking about your feelings and how you thought about it and what Sam was saying to Dean it reminded me so much back in um, season two um, heart when um, mm-hmm. Sam had to kill Maddie, the werewolf, and how mm-hmm. I remember that night after that episode aired, um, telling my husband, I was just, it just broke me. It, I, it, that episode broke me. And I was like, how, I don't understand how they're going to go on. I said, how can you recover from something like that? You know, this is way back in season two. And look what all they've gone through since then. And yeah, it, it's just the ma- the horrible things that they have had to do and witness, and 
it, it's just, I know they're TV characters and all, they're not real, but it's still, it's mm-hmm. heartbreaking to think about. Well, it's a credit to them and and their their skills that you know they're not real, but it doesn't matter because they make you feel that, you know, so definitely. Um Okay. And you know, I I felt bad about Billy. I mean he didn't mean to become a vampire and his parents handled it really horribly and yes he he killed his girlfriend, Susie. But uh I I still the way he played it it still was so tragic. I mean I felt bad for him and I thought, you know, he could have gone he could have run away. He could have gone rogue, but he stayed and he, when he got caught yeah, that, that faced what he had to do. That part kind of reminded me of Bitten, the werewolf episode, because, um, you know, we're uh-huh. seeing, you know, the actual monster, you know, what they're going through and how they're taking on the responsibility. It, it, I got a real a lot of Bitten vibes there, which I know Bitten isn't one of the most popular episodes in fandom, but I still love that episode a lot. It's so mm-hmm. emotional. I, 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 I just really like that episode. And so that scene did remind me a lot of that. And when I think about it, you know, it's like I, I try to think, because I'm a parent to two, two, I have two sons, and I think, you know, God forbid something horrible mm-hmm. like that was to happen to them. You know, I'm, I, I, I honestly wouldn't know what to do because you don't want to lose your son, but you don't want them to become killers. And, but I'm pretty darn sure no, I wouldn't no, be you kidnapping <laughs> girls and putting them in the basement, you know, and I wouldn't be still out there, you know, trying um, to get my son into college and all this stuff. I'd be just trying to figure out how I'm going to, how he's going to survive. So those parents were a little wackadoo, but uh, yeah, it, it was. Oh yeah, they it were was... unstable in the first place. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, I mean, to want to cancel that other girl's memorial just so the scout could come yeah, and see their the kids scout cross match. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, oh it, it shows. Really, yeah, that's horrible. They they didn't really care about the the girls that they were having to kill. They. They were just horrible people to begin with. Yep, and that just made them more horrible. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, like I said, you know, Billy was a vampire, and yes, he killed Susie, and and was okay enough with feeding off of Tori, but you could tell it was bothering him, and he didn't mean to, and you know, he was a new vampire to <laughs> what he was doing. <laughs> And but when it came time, he said, "You know, this is enough," and he stopped his parents. And and when he says to Dean, he says, um, "Isn't that how this ends? You know, we go for a ride. Isn't that how this ends?" And oh, which I thought was I just noticed by the way we lost yeah. Jenny. When did we lose Jenny? Um, she got your text. She signed off. She's not feeling oh. well. I hope she's okay. Oh, okay. I hope she's sorry to hear that. Um, Check it. She texted. She texted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so I. It, it, yeah. 
it, it was a little little off there. Yeah. And like you said, that's when Jensen's song, Sounds of Someday, started playing. And it just fit beautifully. It just fit beautifully. It really, it really did. <laughs> and and that was a beautiful scene where Dean, Dean kills him. I mean, we beautifully shot, beautifully directed, and mm-hmm. just so sad. Um, and just you can tell we poor Sam. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say it's not episode related, but we did find out today that starting in March, March sixteenth, I think. Um, so perhaps was moving into Mondays, which I think is, you know, going to be weird. Um, it is weird. Is that the only that, that they've never been on? Uh, I believe it is actually because they um, reruns did run for a little bit back a long time ago on Sundays. And, you know, they started off on Tuesdays, so I believe it is. I believe Monday right. is the only night that CW airs shows that it. So they'll have covered it all. Um, so I guess it's good. Yeah, they can I, say they covered it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, it bothers um, me. I'm like, really, really, for the last set of episodes, you're changing the night, you know, after ears at Thursday. I mean, couldn't you just left it? I mean, it's like probably by then it's going to be what, like maybe six or seven more episodes. And I'm but, like, why, why change it now? And I, I know they do it because. Like Supernaturals, their heavy lister because they put the new show on Thursday. I guess I think it's Katie Keene is going with Legacies, and Arrow's finale is in March, so they're going to take over Arrow's spot on on Monday night, I guess. And it's still a compliment to, I guess, to to the their, how they how they feel Supernatural is so strong. But it kind of bugged me, you know. I'm like, really, <laughs> another move? But, Okay. And, and then the series finale is going to be May 18th. So. I thought it'd be earlier. I mean, I know that. I did too. From your, when they had the. Because they have, they have less episodes this year. So I thought it would be earlier. So I guess there's going to be some big spans in there where we don't have episodes. Yeah. Um, do you think they're going to do like a like a special at the end, like a, you know, kind of a review they and wrap up and highlights. They should. They they really, really Anybody should because, you know, it, 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 and it, you know, it's the longest running genre television of all time in the U.S. You know, of course, mm-hmm. Doctor Who over in, over in the U.K. has everything else, but, um, so yes. it, it, they should no one will ever catch up to that. And, <laughs> and it's the only show still airing on television that ori- originally was on the WB. So That's right. Yeah, it it definitely deserves a big send-off. So I hope it gets what it deserves. Yeah, something something special. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, real quick what um I meant, I remember something I was, mm-hmm. was going to mention. The high school in this episode sure. was the same high school mm-hmm. that they used for Truman High, home of the bombers, back you know for Sam and Dean's high school. It it was 
it's the same. They use the same building. So I thought that was cool. And it was Beaverdale. Beaver, Beaverdale High School? Uh, mm-hmm. is yeah. The Beaverdale High School? Is that for Jim Beaver? Mm-hmm. And Beaverdale, oh, I Riverdale? I about that. I wonder. Huh, I hadn't put that together. And but the mascot convinced. was a beaver, which amused and, me, of and course. Dean, but, yeah. And I love that Dean loved that beaver. I love how much he loved that beaver kid. <laughs> well... Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but okay, okay. <laughs> hey, they mentioned fluffing in this episode, so why yeah, not? That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes, it was quite amusing, but um, but on a only slightly more serious note, I, I it, this is very common of Dean to like be able to talk to and get along with everybody, and not like not assume just because he was the mascot that he'd be, you know, clueless or, or too, you know, nerdy and not have any inside knowledge. And he's like, talk to the mascot. They know everything, you know, like, yeah, right. They're always, you know, on the sideline. So I, I thought that was fun. And, and we saw Dean drinking again and people mentioned it and it and some people said yeah and he's he, they always drink maybe we don't always see him drinking on a case wearing his fbi suit i'm trying to think i, I mean we know dean drinks they both do dean may drink more than sam but i didn't think it was that unusual for dean to be drinking i thought he ate a lot in this episode i did notice like he was always munching he had pretzels and and again, Dean eats, but it seemed like more snacky than usual. And it didn't have a point that I could see. <laughs> but it was like, hmm, maybe it had a point and it got edited out. I don't know. Well. Do we have anything else to so, talk about? Um, you don't have any theories on why Dean was snacking so much? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I I just <laughs> think, think it's like that's just Dean. <laughs> that's yeah, just Dean. I, I know. I'm being silly. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I want another thing I. I noticed um, the the cheerleader, Billy's girlfriend, is named Susie. And then the girl, Veronica, mm-hmm. who's at her memorial service rehearsal, quotes Robert Frost, nothing gold can stay. So I think both mm-hmm. of those things are acknowledging uh, Essie Hinton, whose name is Susan, Susie. Oh, and, of course, yeah. it's a famous – it's a – famous stay quote gold. that she uses in her book, The Outsiders. Yeah, stay gold. So I'm sure that's a nod to her if anybody was wondering. And and just another trivial thing, but I noticed it, is that Becky's husband, Becky gives um, gives him the motion sickness pills for the kids. And he said, ah, we're only going to Lake Michigan. And like, Lake Michigan can be like an ocean <laughs> it can be more rough, <laughs> so you're you're gonna need those motion sickness pills. That's all I could think. It's like you've been on like, like this. It's pretty crazy. So, 
anyway. Um, I'm looking. I don't. I don't. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm sorry. One other thing. Becky says she's writing fan fiction where Sam and Dean sit around and do their laundry, which and talk because, of course, that's you know that's what we like. And they don't. And we don't like monsters. Fans don't like monsters. And like, you know, I, we like both. <laughs> you know, we like we like monsters. And um, we also like Sam and Dean sitting around doing their laundry. And I think that was one of Jensen's suggestions in some article. He says, you know, we should, you know, Sam and Dean sitting around. I think he said Sam and Dean sitting around their underwear doing their laundry. You know, at the laundry. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) I would watch. I would watch that episode. (laughs) I, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I like that Becky writes that kind of fic. And I, I I agree with you. Um, um, I like that Becky seemed to have moved on or moved forward, and she did do some bad things, and she knew that to Sam, but at least she tried to get through it and move on. And she never should have let Chuck in the house. Like when she said, you know, go away and you're not my problem. It should have ended there. She should have slammed the door in his mm-hmm. face and locked it because things did not go well. But, and you know, that's what like predatory guys do. They, they prey on like the girl's sympathy or an ex's sympathy, you know? So that's actually pretty scary, but I felt sorry for her. And yeah, hopefully she's with her family wherever they Chuck sent them. They're all together. Like you said, that is weird. Okay. I guess that's it. No other news, right? Well, Jensen's uh, album came out today. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If anybody's interested, (laughs) you can get it on the iTunes, as they say, among other places. $8.99. I got mine today. I did. I did, too. I haven't listened yet, except for the bits and pieces we've heard everywhere, but I haven't had a chance to listen, mm-hmm. but I will because I, I do like him and Steve, Steve's voices. I like their singing. Um, do you have any other news or thoughts? Or I can't think of a thing. All right. Well, this is a good episode. Good discussion. I really liked it. Um, and I think next week definitely has possibilities from that preview. <laughs> yeah, that I, 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 I'm dying to find out why they're using old IDs. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yes, definitely. And and I like their their undercover costumes. It's kind of good old boy. Mm-hmm. We usually just yeah. get to see FBI, so it's a nice change. So. And it looks like just the boys hunting again. So I like that. So anyway, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks everybody for listening. We had a real good uh, discussion and episode to talk about tonight. So um, good job directing Jensen. And that's it. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time.
Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.